Hello, it's me, and we're keeping it in the closet. Keeping it in the closet. <laughs> A little 90s R&B-ish. Yeah, I was doing Michael Jackson version. Of course you were. You were touching your crotch the whole time. <laughs> well, welcome to Blonde Moments Podcast. My name is Melinda Collins. And I'm Gina Vogie, And we are both live to you from my closet today. Because I wanted a little bit of that R. Kelly keep it in the closet experience because I found this really funny meme of oh R. Kelly. So sorry to keep bringing this trash man up, but R. Kelly is pissed off about COVID-19. If it was called COVID-15, he'd piss on it. Oh dun, 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 dun. my god. <laughs> we just can't get away from what a fucking pervert this man is. He is a pervert and there's so many times I just want to like put his music up on like a story on like our Instagram page and then I'm like I don't even want to give him any like I know. credit on there. Like what if he gets like a nickel every time somebody puts his music right. on the story? Well and it's so sad too because you know like songs can bring nostalgia and things like that as well too. Like he's a part of like you know music that we grew up with mm-hmm. and that's sad right? Well Bump and Grind is a great song but then if you think if you about think it about it, I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. Well, sir, when they're underage, I see a lot wrong There's with it. There's a lot wrong with that. <laughs> no. So before we get too far into this week's episode on the topic there, I had an email that I wanted to read to you. So remember last week's episode, when we were talking about the vegan fitness trainer. Who could forget? <laughs> she was swallowing her boyfriend's semen in her daily smoothie. My girl. <laughs> <laughs> Not my girl. I still see nothing wrong with this. Extra protein. So this email is titled, Come Popsicle. Hey, Melinda. (laughs) I was listening to the most recent episode and the part about the trainer drinking the cum smoothie, and it reminded me of something. (laughs) I love that this this triggered a thought for him. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Oh, remember that one time? He says around 2010, 2012, there was a porn star named Annette Schwartz. One video she did was called Come Popsicle. For like 21 days after fucking, she would have a different guy each day come in one of those popsicle molds. Each scene would show the cum frozen from the day before. At the end of the 21 days or scenes, she had a popsicle completely comprised of cum. I remember even my friends and I started gagging watching her lick and eat the cum popsicle. This is first, I have so many questions. (laughs) Number one, one. (laughs) was she for real fucking a different man every day for 21 days? Yeah. Number two. I mean, I don't know. I didn't see this myself, but. um... (laughs) Number two, is this like a bukkake popsicle? (laughs) Like several semen in one. Like, so you're licking a popsicle that's got like 21 different semens on it. I, from this email, it looks like just one popsicle per guy, but either way, it's disgusting. That's, oh, but think about the amount of cum that comes out, right? If you have a guy who's a dribbler, where it just a little bit comes out, (laughs) just a tiny little bit, that's not gonna make a full popsicle. (laughs) Thank the Lord. But then you could have a guy who's like a fucking squirter, right? Like, but that wouldn't even make a full popsicle. So my scenario. Well, we did have that one story. I think it was from. 11 squirts. Yeah. So (laughs) maybe he did just contact me. He says he has another story for us and um, he is still looking for a manager. So I might, my podcasting days might be over. I might just be. (laughs) 
<laughs> an agent. He also wrote, by the way, she was also known for snorting cum. Thought I'd what share with fuck? love. Mike. Snorting cum. Can you imagine that? No. no. <laughs> I will try anything once, but you got me fucked up on snorting some cum. That, uh, no, I, I would not try that. It would hurt. Mm-hmm. And what pleasure? What pleasure? Pleasure. Could you possibly get from that? I mean, uh, maybe, maybe there's a fetish that he's like jerking off, jerking off. Oh yeah, baby, snort my cum, snort my oh, cum. Oh, the face you're making, <laughs> you're scaring me. I'm like trapped in this closet with you. What are you gonna make me do? Mm-mm. I don't know. That never sounds like a good idea. No, it sounds vile and disgusting. Now, <laughs> as a man, would you want to snort your own cum? No. So why would you right. make a woman snort your cum? I don't know. I don't know about this one, but I'm telling you that that was one popsicle with 21 different cums in it, and that is nasty. I could see using it for depuffing, like under your eyes. Here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) But not eating it. Yeah, because imagine how long it takes you to eat a popsicle. Oh, my God. And then it's like a chlorine popsicle. I'm going to throw up. (laughs) Unless he ate his pineapple. (laughs) I'm going to throw up. I'm sure we could film it and you could make money off of that. There's something out there for everybody. I have said I would put, you know, feet pics of Nessie up if anyone wants to pay. Hit up my, hit up my Venmo. <laughs> Speaking of Nessie, he, our friend Addie made us some, Sweat some cute little sweatshirts yes. that says Happy Ness. And it's a picture my- of <laughs> Gina's big toe looking like the Loch Ness, the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> We'll be wearing those proudly. For sure. Thank you, Addie. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Thank you. It's a good laugh. The other thing about that is I found an article that they were saying that swallowing semen can be linked to contracting the coronavirus. Yeah, so the lady we talked about that made her smoothies last week. Yeah, so is it worth the great skin, ladies? You have to ask yourself this question. But so the article said, coronavirus is found in semen of COVID-19 patients. I have a question. Why are they testing the semen? Yeah. (laughs) That is a really good question. You know, the other question I got a few times via our DMs on Instagram, people were asking, why doesn't that vegan trainer lady just give her boyfriend a blowjob? Why does it have to be in a smoothie? I'm like, that's an excellent question. Listen, your jaw gets tired. You don't always want to do all of that, you know. But if maybe sometimes she does give the BJ, but then maybe sometimes she just wants the easier route of having him do the work for her and she just gets to eat it. But here's my thing. Are they saying that you can contract the virus from semen? I didn't read the whole episode or a whole whole article. article. <laughs> I would think it would be only if you swallowed the cum, not if it was like in your pussy. Sure, sure. Yeah. I would imagine it's just from swallowing. Right. The other thing, I'll leave him anonymous that had asked me that question. He had also said, uh, I was just confused, especially since you started to talk about jerking off. I'm like, wait just a minute. She may need a smoothie, but it should be a fair exchange, right? Right. And I said, eye for an eye. Yeah. Of course. But then he also said, which I totally forgot to tell you, he said, so you probably already know, which I didn't, but there's a podcast called The Blonde Moment. Which 
I've I never seen. Either. Yeah. He says, I now know what it's like to bite into an oatmeal raisin cookie only to find out it was a chocolate chip. Nothing against that pod. Hope you're well. Oh. <laughs> so they're not talking about sex and semen oh. smoothies. I, see, it I sounds don't even like. know what it's about. I guess we'll have to look into it, huh? Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, we have to touch on one thing from last week's episode, David and Lana with our catfishing story. We got to eat our words on this. Lana, turns out, is real. Finally, the fifth time that they were set to meet, she showed up late, but she showed up. But she also, there's no way she's 27 years old. No. I was sending you, before we even saw her come out, days before, I was like, there's no way this woman is really trying to pass herself off as a 27-year-old. No. And I think that that's why she put off meeting him was she was kind of catfishing him a little bit too. A little bit. It's still her, but she's not 27 years old. I'm just secretly hoping she's a man. <laughs> Got to keep the story interesting, right? But you know what, though? Maybe, th- maybe this will work out for David. I am shook that <laughs> she's actually a real person. I am shooketh. <laughs> I really thought it was she was not real. You know, the other thing I was thinking, though, when I was watching the episode, I already had known that she was real because I watched the whole freaking episode and it was literally like the last two minutes where she came out. But the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, man, it was really the production that had you believing it was a catfish too, though. Yes. And remember I said that on last week's episode, because on his Instagram, he was like, all I'll say that I can't control the editing. And I was like, bullshit. (laughs) But he was right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just eating so many of my words here. other thing about it. So I love The Office. You know that. Dwight on The Office, he always (laughs) wears that like mustard gold shirt oh my when david is sitting there he's like i gotta look my best and he's ironing this gold button down i was like sitting there like people actually dress like that yes the worst part for me was that black leather leather trench coat Oh, you know what? He loves it, though. He looked at himself in the mirror. He's and he like, was I like, look I look good. Damn good. I'm a sexy motherfucker. You know what? Anyone who has confidence. I'm in a all... mustard gold shirt. Hey, I'm all you for do it. You. you. You do you. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> makes you feel good, gives you confidence. It's not my personal cup of tea. Not my but... thing either. Um, so I got an email from Kate and she said, hello, babes, you girls make me laugh my ass off and I listen to you almost every day. I am telling this little story because we all need to smile during these crazy times. Last year, I found these dick squishies on Amazon and got them as a joke to put all around my room. One day, I was asked to promote a teeth whitening kit, so I took pictures for the promotion and completely forgot that the squishy dick was on my countertop. (laughs) I posted it without even knowing until my mother, dad, every single aunt of mine, uncles, my grandma, and my grandpa saw it. Oh, no. The next day happened to be our 4th of July celebration, and everyone had to bring up the squishy dick or make a joke about it. I love it. I love this girl that she has... Oh, wow. Does that have eyeballs? Yeah, this thing's pretty small. And it's, it's yeah, actually really it cute. It looks like it's got a butt on the bag. It's kind of cute. I want a dick squishy. That's what I said. So I was asking her some other questions. I said, well, I hope they helped you sell your teeth whitening and all that. And I said, but I'm still laughing about this. It reminds me of the pictures I've seen online where people are taking bathroom selfies and they forgot to flush the toilet. Oh, yeah. And she said, ha, 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 I know. And trust me, I have unfortunately done that one, too. I literally sent really hot nudes with a fat log in the toilet. <laughs> 
I didn't even notice until his response to my nude was, nice poop. (laughs) (laughs) She said, thank God it was to my boyfriend. I said, oh, my Lord, I love you. There's nothing worse than that. You're like taking these hot, sexy selfies. You're like, ooh, I'm going to get my man real turned up, Mm -hmm. real turned on. And she's really cute, too. Here's uh, her picture with her with with the dick squishy oh my god and it's just a tiny little dick squishy in the corner <laughs> yeah she's, enough. she's gorgeous yeah oh i love that i love this girl already that she was like oh these are cute i'm gonna decorate my room with these <laughs> with these little dicks <laughs> with little dicks and that's what we think about your little dicks we little think they're dick so squishies. cute oh my god i want one of Did those you see his cute little dick <laughs> i have them like, all over my room grandma Oh, my God. I have one story here I found searching the dark. Well, I don't know if it was the dark web. Actually, to be honest, I don't even know how I came across this, but (laughs) it's fucking disturbing, okay? It's a mouth-held cat brush so you can really feel like your cat's mommy when you groom them. I have seen that because of The Office. And it's called a licky. Yes. Angela loves cats. And so there's an episode where she goes home, but she has a camera like at the office of her at home. And she's licking the cat. When she gets back to the office, she's like... Oh my god! But so people have sent that to me because they're like, "This would be perfect for Angela." Oh my! But could you imagine? No. I mean, I love my dog, but I'm not gonna like. Heck no! <laughs> I love Dexter, but there's no fucking way. <laughs> so then I was like, "Oh, they sell these things on Amazon." I'm like, "This is ridiculous." So I looked at the first review. <laughs> <laughs> it says. Licky left a wake of devastation. (laughs) What? I got this as a gag gift from my friend, and she tried it on her cat. I mean, her cat attacked her face while she was giving the brush a test run on him, and now she has some horrible scratches across her nose that she feels very uncomfortable explaining how she got them. (laughs) Well, I was trying to lick my cat. (laughs) Just trying to lick him. She also made this attempt while on her balcony, and the person she's been trying to catch the eye of happened to walk by when it all occurred. So she's fairly certain she will die single with many cats. (laughs) A licky brush. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the first problem is is that you wanted to lick your cat with a brush. Right. So yeah, you're probably going to stay single. It says she feels confident that her cat did not like the licky brush and that he would only give it one star if he was able to write this review. (laughs) (laughs) But then imagine though, like all those scratches and oh my God. But then this also spiraled for me and reminded me, do you remember the show My Strange Obsession or Addiction? my my strange addiction. Yes, yes, yes. Of yes, course. Right. There was a woman on there who was addicted to eating her cat's hair. I did see that one. And she consumed over 3,000 hairballs and even licks the fur off of her like cat, like physically licks it. Not with a licky. Like she licks her cat. With her tongue. That's disgusting. I don't even like when I get a piece of my own hair in my mouth, much less. Ugh. Yeah. No. She like she said she would either like gather hair from the floor or Ew. lick it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> or lick it directly off of her cat. But she wanted to make it clear that the best ones were right off the cat, and 
she didn't lick the butt or in between the paws that go in the litter box. Oh, because that's too far. <laughs> that's where you cross the line. That's taking it too far. That's a line crosser. I bet that's where the real goodies are at. Little, oh. little dingleberry treats. <laughs> dingleberry fur. <laughs> extra little treats in there i remember watching this episode and it didn't even seem like the cats liked it like it was her that liked it you know the cats looked fucking terrified they weren't like hmm wait when's mama gonna lick me today? no they were like no now i can do a really good impersonation of a cat yeah oh there we go this is supposed to sound like a cat yes when they're like gonna throw up have you ever owned a cat no okay i had one when i was a little kid but that's what they (laughs) think (laughs) (laughs) the face if you guys could see the look on her face (laughs) making this noise (laughs) yeah or when they get like angry they'll make that noise too i thought when they get angry they're like Yes, that's you sounded just like a cat. <laughs> I've had too much champagne. So most of my other stories that I have today are true crime stories. Yeah. We didn't even say what this episode is about. This is another true This is another true crime episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, she's got a little bit of cat hair in her mouth. I'm trying to sound professional. (laughs) But so I feel like every episode lately I've had a story about that involves food. And this is one that involves food and Florida. So you're welcome. Oh, no. A Florida man was arrested after slapping his girlfriend in the face with the cheeseburger. (laughs) No. (laughs) How is that something you get arrested for, though? It's a cheeseburger. Well... So 30-year-old Kyle Jamison Jones attacked his live-in girlfriend when things between them didn't go his way. His girlfriend told deputies that Kyle had woken her up by slapping her in the face with a cheeseburger. The victim said that the attack <laughs> continued as Jones pulled her hair and kicked her down the stairs. So oh, there's a little okay. bit more Well, to that's it. where it – okay, now that is obviously <laughs> unacceptable and he should be arrested for that. But if I just got slapped with a cheeseburger, I might just laugh. Well, this is where it gets, this like article was so funny to me. It says – Authorities on the scene found no injuries on the woman, but discovered several remnants of said cheeseburger on her. (laughs) (laughs) Like a little piece of pickle right here. (laughs) I had somebody throw a sandwich at me once, a sub sandwich. What did you do? So it was when I was bartending. um... You like how I take their side over yours? (laughs) What did (laughs) What did you do? I was bartending at Tropicana Field where the Tampa Bay Rays play. I worked there for many years. It was the most fun gig in the world. Because let me tell you, if you like to people watch, (laughs) people watching at a stadium. Mm. So anyways, somebody came in there and ordered... Like, they were already wasted and ordered a round of drinks for their friends, shots, everything like that. And then, I, you know, I'm after, even if it was five people, I don't remember how many it was. It was like $200, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, what? I'm not paying that, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, the fuck you are. Like, you ordered all right. this stuff. You guys drank it. You're eating it. I didn't know there were these prices. I was like, oh, is it your first rodeo? Is this your first <laughs> ballpark event? Have you never been to Disney or uh, any sort of, like... I would have thrown a sandwich at your ass, Anything too, like that? You've like never that. been to a football game? Well, <laughs> let me fucking school ya. <laughs> So he paid it, but he was so pissed. He went across like the like road or whatever where there was a sandwich station, 
ordered a sandwich, which these sandwiches were $15 too. So like, if you were mad at me about the money you had to spend, why did you go spend more money? I mean, he came running in the stadium and just chucked it at me. What kind of sandwich was it? I don't know. It was There was meat, flying cheese, like everything. Some of it like stuck on me. And oh, I was shocked man. at first, but I looked at I looked at him and I just started busting out sure. laughing. I thought it was hilarious. And he was even more pissed. Of course. It didn't work. I'm like, well, that's a first. I've never had a fucking sandwich thrown at my <laughs> face before. <laughs> there was just like mayonnaise and mustard. Surprised you didn't me. pick it up and start eating it. That would have even been funnier. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm, <laughs> thanks for the sandwich. <laughs> So this one I thought was hilarious. You are going to love this story. (laughs) Again, a Florida story, coincidentally. Around 4 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon, a strange car pulled up onto the driveway of Wilton Thomas's home. (laughs) I'm trying to set the scene I was like, what's happening? The driver got out, took off his shirt, and proceeded to take a poop in the driveway. (gasps) After doing, after doing so, he got back into his car, left his shirt and the turd on the concrete, and they ended up seeing this whole thing because it was caught on a Nest camera. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so he's the mad pooper, right? Why? Did he know these people or he just really needed to take a shit? I think he just needed to take a poop. But couldn't he, if he really had to do that, first of all, he should have done it in the grass. Right. There had to have been a grassy area that you could have done it in, like in the middle mm-hmm. of someone's driveway. Or he could have pooped into his T-shirt and threw the T-shirt away, if you're going to leave it behind anyways. <laughs> Poop inside his T-shirt. I mean, people are just He could have done that in his car. He could have taken, <laughs> taken off his T-shirt, took it a shit, in his, and hey, thrown it out the window. We already know the funnier story is when you poop your pants, so... Yeah. We could have been sharing this other poop your pants story about him. (laughs) Oh, my God. If I ever caught somebody shitting, because we have a Nest Cam, too, pointing right on our driveway, I would die laughing. So did you see me picking my nose when I got here today? No. I'm just kidding. Uh (laughs) (laughs) All right. I have one last one before I let you get into your real true crime story. Okay. Lisa Smith and her son, Benny, got inside of a Walmart in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Yes, Wisconsin. Officers were called to the scene after calls of a woman pulling apart store displays and placing them in her cart while her dog, Bo, was running up to customers. (laughs) Fortunately for the staff, they were able to make her leave the store, but then she proceeded to perform karate moves what (laughs) yes unfortunately for the staff her son was still inside and he was stripping himself and exposing himself to other customers (gasps) oh my god when the officers arrived at the scene they found lisa calling for her dog Bo as he was eating a box of jiffy corn muffin mix (laughs) she then fought with the officers and was ultimately arrested but she decided it would be a good idea to add extra charges by attempting to kick out the window of the police squad car oh my this is where it gets funnier after she was arrested officers attempted to approach her son who at that point was putting on clothes from the store racks that he did not purchase (laughs) he 
who, like his mother, decided to tack on extra charges by attempting to run over an officer with a scooter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Luckily for the officers, the scooter posed a threat to no one and was ultimately stopped by the officers who arrested him. They were both um, hit with charges of resisting arrest, disorderly conduct, and misdemeanor bail jumping. They both had... How old were these people? They both had to have been fucked up. Well, this is where it's crazy to me because if you see the mugshot photos and hear their ages, you are going to be like, not a chance. So he's 25. Okay, you can kind of see it. But it says that she's 46. Oh. (laughs) No. Mm. She's like in her 60s. Yeah. Or that's a meth. Yeah. I was going to say, they were fucked up. Like, there's no way. They were high- on some type of shit. I just like, I mean, she's doing karate. He's exposing himself. Dogs eating corn. Can meal. you imagine the people at the store, like bystanders watching this? I would love it. I would be one of those people like video. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to take her karate lessons. Oh, man. I witnessed a road rage incident earlier this year. Chris and I go to the Chicago Auto Show every year. You know, my man loves his cars. <laughs> <laughs> And there's always a line to get into the auto show. Like, always, it's at one of those, you know, convention centers in Chicago. You know, people drive is like Is it at dicks. McCormick Place? It is at McCormick Place. People drive like dicks, right? Like, people were cutting people mm-hmm. off, you know, this and that. So, the person behind us, like, cut them off. And they physically got out of their cars and were, like, shoving each other and yelling. And I was, like, I was trying to videotape it. Oh, man. I was, like, what's wrong with people? This is all just to get into an auto show. Right. You know? And you're probably going to end up running into that person again. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I I have road rage when I'm driving. Like, I get so – I mean, not that I'm f- – I just don't like when people drive like assholes. Like, that's I, I don't, don't like, like when people drive slow. I don't like when lane. people get all the way over to the right side when they're turning right, when they stay in the same lane to turn right. <laughs> it pisses me off. <laughs> I'm like, you fucker. I was behind an elderly person today and they were driving shitty. So that's what that reminded me of. But so my newfound talent has been playing Scrabble online. Oh so God, like online or like on one of those like apps. It's an app. Okay. But like But you're playing against random, random people. strangers. Right. So there's this elderly man on there. His name is John. <laughs> that's my homie. We play we have four games going at any given time. Who's a better Scrabble player? I am. Or John? Oh. I really am. So I'm like, my husband's playing poker on his phone with a bunch of his guys, you know, because we're all quarantined. So you got to Zoom poker or whatever. And I developed this Scrabble habit. So I'm playing with John and I'm like, yeah, honey, look at this 34 point word, you know, like I'm all thinking I'm all cool. And Maddie looks over at me and he's like, He's probably an elderly man with special needs. Oh. And I was like, no, you can't take this away from me. <laughs> and then he goes, okay, fine. He probably taking it, easy, taking it on easy on you. I'm like, you can't just give me that I'm a good Scrabble player. <laughs> I was so mad. But I was like up to 3.30 in the morning one night playing with John. And then I had the realization, what if he's just a robot? <laughs> Wait, what app is it? Is it Words with Friends? No, it's Scrabble Go. Oh, okay. I think it's the Because Words with Friends, you can like play against friends. Scrabble Go. Yeah, you can play with friends. You can play with randoms. Oh, that's it. We all got to download Scrabble Go and play against Melinda now. No, I'm not. I'm just starting out, but I'm just better than John. (laughs) But I love John. So then like my phone will ding and Maddie's like, oh, it's John again. It's John again. John wants me to play Scrabble with him. (laughs) 
Oh, all right. I guess I'll get into my true cry. It's kind of, well, it's not exactly the same, but it's a little reminiscent of um, my last true crime topic of Gypsy Rose. Oh. This one is Dorothy Robards. And she is 16 years old. Her friends call her Marie. She wasn't the kind of kid anyone would expect to get into trouble. Smart, studious, and quiet. She learned to write in cursive by the first grade. Now, is that hard? Is it, is it hard to learn to write in cursive? I can't remember. Yeah, a lot of times kids are still figuring out their, like, how to write normal, like, print. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess so, right? Well, and for cursive, I don't even think they're teaching that in school. They anymore. do not teach cursive anymore. So yeah, cursive. I feel like he was. We were maybe in like third grade or fourth grade. Well, so then just, I guess it means she was smart. She's smarty pants. Um, in high school, she made good grades, played the clarinet, and took art and dance classes. She also enjoyed a close relationship with her mother, Beth Burroughs, and stepfather Frank Burroughs, who had been married since Marie was four years old. Marie even called him dad. Her biological father, Stephen Robards, she only saw once or twice a month. Stephen and Beth had gotten married young and divorced after only a few years. But in the summer of 1992, things would take a dramatic turn for the worse. The weekend before her 16th birthday, she came home to find Frank with another woman. Marie Uh was furious. So she found her stepdad with another woman. However, when Marie told her mother what she caught Frank doing, Beth blamed herself rather than Frank. She had worked long hours in an emergency room, she explained, and that she probably had made Frank feel neglected. Marie could not understand why Beth would choose to stay with a man who had cheated on her. Consequently, she became sullen, especially towards Frank. She refused to listen to him and talk back to him. Finally, she told her mother she couldn't stand living under the same roof as him. So Beth stuck by her decision to stay with Frank and work on their marriage. She made arrangements for Marie to go live with her parents in Fort Worth, Texas, about 45 minutes away. Five days later, Marie arrived back at the Burroughs' home, begging for them to let her move back in. But Frank had instituted a strict rule against that in order to stop the children in their blended family from moving from parent to parent whenever they didn't get their way. The rule was that once they moved out, they could never move back in. Now, see, I can see that rule, like, making sense because otherwise, you know, you would try to play both sides. But never... I would have made a rule of like, well, you have to do it for like at least a year. Or it depends what the circumstances were. Like, you know, hear both sides and find out like, okay, maybe it just wasn't a good fit. But if that was my child, uh, I don't think I'd be able to do that. I mean, they'd have to do something pretty hideous. So the decision was made for Marie to go live with her father back in Fort Worth. Stephen, for his part, was excited to have his daughter come live with him. He often took her out to restaurants and movies. He immediately applied for a two-bedroom apartment in his complex, and in the meantime, Marie slept on a roll-away... Why is that so hard to say? (laughs) Roll-away? Roll-away bed in the dining room. Marie, however, was not as happy with the arrangements. She was on the phone with her mother every night, long distance, and this was back in the day when long distance calls cost considerably more than local ones. She complained that he never cleaned the apartment and didn't even have enough utensils in the kitchen. She hated her new high school, which was much bigger than her old one. At one point, she wrote a letter to her mother threatening suicide, but Beth just thought it was a typical teenager's overdramatic ploy to get her way. After a few months went by, Marie seemed to settle into her new life. She was making excellent grades at her new school, especially in chemistry. Then, on February 17th, 1993, Stephen fell gravely ill. The two had shared a dinner of takeout Mexican food. Then Stephen had gone to an evening church service. He came home early complaining of stomach cramps. 
They kept getting worse. So at one point, Marie went to the apartment of Stephen's girlfriend, Sandra, and told her that Stephen was really sick. She stayed in Sandra's apartment with her young son while Sandra went to check on Stephen. With Sandra's young son, Mm -hmm. not hers. She was 16. So Sandra said that when she got there, Stephen's arms and legs were stiff and he was having a hard time swallowing. He was foaming at the mouth. Sandra dialed 911 immediately. When paramedics arrived, they tried to intubate Stephen, but his throat was closed shut. At that point, Marie came back to the apartment. Sandra said Marie just stood in the doorway, frozen, likely in shock. As it became clear that Stephen was dying, Sandra hugged her, turning the teenager's face away so she wouldn't see the awful sight. The coroner would later determine Stephen's cause of death was a heart attack. Later that night, Beth and Frank arrived and took Marie back to their house. So now she's back with her mom and stepdad. At Stephen's funeral, Marie was still in shock, it seemed. Witnesses said she stood by the grave in a daze. Shortly afterwards, Beth took her aside and told her that she was finally leaving Frank so that she and Marie could be moving to Florida together. Marie seemed upset. You had this plan all along to take me to Florida, she asked. When Beth told her yes, that she'd found the job there, Marie seemed to have a hard time breathing. At that time, Beth thought it was just a shock of so many things happening at once. In Florida, the idyllic life Marie had imagined with just her and her mother didn't materialize. Marie was so depressed that some days she couldn't get out of bed. Beth sent her to a counselor, but it didn't seem to do any good. Then that summer, Frank arrived on Beth and Marie's doorstep. He wanted to patch things up with Beth, promising to change and work harder on their marriage. Beth, against Marie's protest, took him back. Mm -mm. Man, she just kept taking this guy back. Mm. But in a twist that should surprise no one, only weeks later, Marie found a note on his pillow from another woman. Beth Marie told her, Mom, you can put up with him if you want to, but I don't have to. I miss Texas, so I'm going home. So Beth contacted Marie's other grandparents, Stephen's father and stepmother, and arranged for Marie to go live with them back in Fort Worth. Once again in a new high school, Marie nonetheless excelled, making straight A's, playing on the volleyball team. She's doing really good. She made one good friend with her classmate, Stacy. Stacy recognized signs that Marie was trying to hide something, so Stacy reached out to her, and before long, the two were best friends. Despite the two being nearly inseparable, Stacy could never get Marie to talk about her dad. It was the same at home with her grandparents. Marie refused to go to his gravesite and would leave the room if he was mentioned. About halfway through their senior year, Marie and Stacy were working on Hamlet, and Marie was just really upset by the story, and Stacy asked Marie what was wrong. Marie answered with a question, what is the worst thing that she could think of? Stacy, a typical teenager, immediately thought Marie was pregnant, but that wasn't it. After a few guesses, Stacy jokingly asked, you didn't kill somebody, did you? Mm-hmm. She poisoned her papa. Marie broke down in sobs. My dad. I poisoned him. Uh Uh-huh. She told her that she'd stolen some barium acetate from chemistry class and slipped it into her father's refried beans the night that he died. Oh, my God. Marie then swore Stacy to secrecy. Stacy, for her part, tried to keep her best friend's secret, but she kept having nightmares of being chased by Marie or Stephen calling to her from the grave. Her mental health deteriorated and she started drinking and partying too much to try and distract herself from her guilty secret. At one point, she told her mother, but Stacy's mother thought that Marie had just made it up because she was distraught over her father's death. The few close friends she confided in said the same thing. Stacy said she had a complete mental breakdown and ended up checking herself into an outpatient mental health facility. After several weeks in this torment, Stacy couldn't take it anymore. She finally went to the school counselor who told her to call the police about Marie. In order to corroborate wow. Stacy's story, the Fort Worth police, they would have to test Stephen's blood for barium acetate. Luckily, they were able to get this preserved tissue samples just days before they were set to be destroyed. Wow. Yeah. Otherwise, she would have gotten away from it. Mm-hmm. 
Ugh. The hard part was finding a lab that had the proper equipment to test for barium acetate, a gas chromatograph mass spectrometer. Say that five times. That was fast. sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you blonde girl saying those big scientific words. Well, apparently it's like 150 grand. So not every lab has them because it's so expensive. It took them nearly four months to find a lab with the proper equipment. And then it took another several months for the results to come back. In the meantime, Stacy and Marie graduated and went on to college. Marie, who was studying to become a medical pathologist, paid her tuition with the 60 grand life insurance money left to her by her father. Isn't Herbal. that funny that that's what she's going into? Medical pathology? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it said she was good in chemistry, mm-hmm. too. While waiting on the lab results, Fort Worth police did some investigating on their own. They went to the high school chemistry classroom where Marie had attended while she was living with her father. There, they found barium acetate. They also found a safety manual with pages for each of the chemicals listing safety precautions, toxicity amounts, and what to do in case of accidental poisoning. The page for barium acetate was missing. Come on. Yeah, she just left a trail of breadcrumbs, basically. I mean, that's so stupid. Yeah. You couldn't have just written it out? Right. (laughs) Steal the page. Because every lab has a book like that. Right. Yeah, she wasn't very smart. I guess she's a teenager. She's a teenager, yeah. She wasn't very smart about thinking it out, I guess. She was smart. Book smart, street Not stupid. Not street smart, yeah. When the test came back showing Stephen had 28 times the lethal amount of Ooh. barium acetate in his body, police went to Austin to arrest Marie. She surrendered without incident. Once inside the station, she very quickly confessed to what she had done. When asked why... She said it was because she had wanted to go live with her mom again. Well, that's what my question was because I'm like, he seemed like he was so excited to have her and was like the one person in her life who was treating her kindly. Right. I mean, obviously. This part just like blew my mind. You're going to kill somebody, your father, because you want to go live with your mother when you left your mother's in the first place. Well, Frank (sighs) had that rule. I think this is the one of the worst reasons I've heard to kill somebody. Like so ridiculous. Yeah. Like and again, and the the one person who was like kind right. to her, treating her well, changed his whole life for her. <sighs> so obviously, it had to go to trial. Uh, her attorney's strategy was to claim that Marie didn't know the chemical would kill her father, and she had only wanted to make him sick lies she tore that page out it said it right there yeah (laughs) she knew the claim didn't hold up under any scrutiny first marie was an excellent chemistry student she knew exactly how lethal barium acetate was she had even taken the page out of the school's chemical safety manual so she could ensure her own safety while poisoning her father with it. yeah but that's another thing how would you prove that it was her that took that page out right I mean, I guess that's an assumption, right? Mm -hmm. See, I'm going to get her a mistrial. (laughs) I'm going to get her out. (laughs) On top of that, if she only wanted to make her father sick, how would that help her go live with her mother? Like, if he just got sick one day, they wouldn't send her back to her mom's, right? But perhaps most damning was the fact that when her father was lying on the floor, writhing in agony while the paramedics tried to save him, she had said nothing. Well, see, I'm going to be on her defense here. You could say that she... Was in shock. She was in shock. Right. I would be, like, I feel like that piece of paper would have to have been the smoking gun, but since they didn't have it... Right. I mean, this was the 90s. 1996 was yeah, when she coming up on appeal. Well, just wait. <laughs> on May 9th, 1996, after deliberating only an hour, the jury came back with its verdict. Guilty on one count of first degree murder. At her sentence hearing, she cried and repeated how sorry she was, but was still sentenced to 27 years in prison. Behind bars, she was a model inmate. 
In 2003, after serving only seven years of her sentence, she was released on parole. Damn. She has since married and taken her husband's last name. Wouldn't you be scared to death if you were her husband? Um, I'm going to cook tonight, honey. Yeah. I'm good. You don't, you don't have to. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. I'll pick up dinner. I'll make it. I got it. Yeah, I got yeah, this. like it would always be something, you know, like in the back of my head, right? If you were capable of killing your own father. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, too, is that she actually confessed that she had done it. Right. And still only served seven years. I mean, she was a teenager. She was young. Right. But... She only served seven years for killing her dad. It's interesting to me, thinking about the Gypsy Rose story... She didn't even actually kill her mother. The other guy did. Uh-huh, and got way longer. It got way longer. She's still in jail right now. And and Gypsy Rose's circumstances were way different. I mean, she was fearful of her mother, you know, yeah. the whole Munchausen by proxy. Like, it doesn't seem fair. No, I mean, it never, right? nothing ever came out like her dad was, like, molesting her or something. No, nothing like that. Horrible. Uh, right. So she that's... just wanted to live with her mom. Like, such a fucking horrible excuse. I can at least see where Gypsy Rose was coming from because she was abused. Mm-hmm. Like, this girl just wanted to live with her mom. Like, to me... She should have served longer than seven years. Yes. You know? If Gypsy's still in jail or prison. And this girl isn't? Mm-hmm. Like, how how the fuck is that fair? Yeah. Free Gypsy Rose. I'm going to start a movement. Like, it's just so not fair to me. Well, when was she supposed to be getting out? In four years? 2024? Because <sighs> I, I still can't believe how recent that case was. Like, in my head, it feels like so, like a 90s story. Right, yeah. The fact that it was in 2015. Yep. So 10 years, right? So right. she's serving 10. Crazy. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting story. I like the date of it. What does she look like? Oh, she's very pretty. Hold on. I didn't show you that, did I? Sorry. Glamour shots. Glamour shots. (laughs) Yes. But she's a pretty girl. Probably popular in high school. But that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping for a real, that is a total (laughs) 90s picture. 100%. Like the position of her hand under her chin. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And the earrings and like the pose. You know what? My sister got glamour shots and I never did. So. Well, I think this is a missed opportunity. We have to seize the opportunity to do i and you know what? i was really pissed off too because i was like why does jill get to get glamour shots and i don't and like at the time when her glamour shots came back and she got them i thought she just looked like a queen oh yeah <laughs> and For i was sure i was so jealous i was like i want glamour She's shots so too. gorgeous yeah look I at wanna... those feathered bangs <laughs> right did you ever get them done no we need to do this. This is what I'm saying. Seize the opportunity that oh, we had a missed yeah. opportunity. I'm still mad that Jill got the glamour shots and I didn't. So my sister wanted a perm really bad. Uh, this was probably, maybe I was like eight or nine. So early, early 90s. And my dad's mom, my Oma, for my sister's birthday, told her she'd take her in to get a perm. <laughs> so my sister, I will never, ever, ever forget this. We knew she was about to be home, so we were all standing outside because we were gonna like be like, "Yay! Oh, look know, at the perm! Yeah, congratulations!" <laughs> and she gets out of the car, and she is bawling oh. her ass off. Her hair <gasps> was like a foot 
wide, like just (laughs) all the way around. And she's crying. And to this day, I was like, I will never treat my hair in any sort of perm or whatever. And I always have like some wave to my hair. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. I will never forget that because I was like (laughs) kind of jealous when she was going in. Yeah. She's getting this perm. It sounds so awesome. It sounds so fancy. And she was not having it. I love that. When I was young, I'm going to throw my sister under the bus here again. I I would have to like look at pictures to reference the exact age I was. I can't remember. But she told me that she knew how to cut hair. Oh, God. And <laughs> brought me into a closet and like cut all my hair off almost. <laughs> and my mom took me to like the salon try to try to have them fix it. But there was no fixing no. it. Oh my god, I looked like a boy like Is, forever. How old were you? Do you oh, think? I I have to have been like cuz I've seen some of your baby pictures <laughs> and they're a little scary with those haircuts. <laughs> That's because my sister cut my hair off. I remember my mom cut my bangs once and it went from my eyebrow all the way up to the yeah. hairline. It was just right across i have to i was probably like six like five or six and my sister and i are not even two years apart oh yeah she (laughs) fucked my shit up and i didn't realize it was bad until my mom Uh saw it and was like and then i I, then i was crying i was like (laughs) you're like man my sister did my hair so cool i'm so hip and trendy she did me up right sis See, that's what Barbies were for. I hacked all my Barbies hair off. Oh, it was, I was, I'm thinking about it. It was five because my kindergarten picture is, is that hair. When I was a kid, I would actually chew and eat the nose and the toes off my Barbies. Oh my God. What does that say about me? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. All right. So I'm going to tell you the story of Lance Herndon. Herndon, Herndon, Lance Herndon. He was a very rich, dapper, flashy, and charismatic businessman Ooh. from Atlanta, Georgia. Nope, he's not from Atlanta, Georgia. He lived in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was born in Harlem, New York, from very humble beginnings, and he was a very driven young child. His he was a, his mom was a single mother. Um, she was very detail oriented, and she would leave him very detailed notes to tell him what to do all day when she was at work. And there's a reason why I'm telling you this. Okay, not was just he to... like autistic or something? No, 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 no. That's where you go, huh? Well, she had to leave him notes. I think I'd be like to remind him what to do. No, she was just like so specific about things. Oh, okay. Like <clears throat> eat an apple, brush your teeth. Oh, that's kind of weird. His entire life was very regimented, and after college, he moved to Atlanta and used his drive to start a computer consulting company, which he ran out of any home he had. He would run it out of the basement of his home. The business, um, this was like mid-90s, I should say, so another 90s story. Oh, perfect. The business was considered cutting edge for the times, and he earned his first $5 million in revenue very fast. And with fast money came. Yeah, that, I was going to say, that's a lot of money. Fancy cars, fancy clothing, lavish parties, and plenty of the ladies. Ooh, was he a good looking guy? He was handsome. Ooh. Once he got his money, he had a 6,000 square foot home, a lot of money, and he was flaunting his money everywhere. 
People started taking notice of him because of his flashy parties and the way he dressed and obviously all the women always surrounding him. And he started getting millionaires as clients. Women loved him. They adored him because he was suave, like Rico Suave. Oh, like he had swagger. Ooh la la. Okay. Once he started getting noticed more, um, he started having a lot more sex and a lot of power. And those were the two things that started driving Lance. In his business, just like his upbringing, things had to be perfectly placed. He was an early riser and a deep sleeper, so he set three different alarm clocks around his room so he'd get up. Every day, he'd record instructions to his employees so they would know what they're supposed to do every day. So basically what his mom was doing to him. He was really detail-oriented. Um, so with more money, you get more problems. Mm-hmm. Lance started becoming more and more materialistic. He started having bigger parties, more lavish parties, and then even more women would start coming along. Mm-hmm. He'd spend his money on these women, and he was such a ladies' man that he was even divorced two times by the time he was 35. One day, he was on vacation in Brazil, and he met a woman named Janine Price. She was a flight attendant. And in Brazil, there's that huge Jesus statue. Mm-hmm. And Isn't that she, in Rio, right? Mm-hmm. Rio de Janeiro. And she was standing underneath it, and she looked to her left, and she saw Lance, and she just fell in love with the way he looked, his style, his appearance, and she considered it destiny. So... Wait, was she under the Jesus? You said she was under... That's where she saw him. It, under the, It was like divine intervention. It was. <laughs> Jesus was like... Oh, you two should be together, together. for more. Yes. <laughs> Amen. I fucking love you. So Lance moved her into his house and she started setting up home together and they ended up having a baby named Harrison. And this is his first baby, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And after Janine gave birth, they're still at the hospital. Lance surprised Janine with a Porsche 911, but it had no space for a car seat. Yeah. So. Okay. (laughs) It was funny. As soon as I said that, you like perked up like, I know. What? What? I know about cars. I'm like, what are you, where are you going to put a baby in a Porsche? In the mid 90s here, he had it all. A beautiful woman, a son, money, cars, all of that. And he was super elated to have a son. He would even take him everywhere. He'd bring him into the office routinely and he really did love being a husband but soon that got really boring to him just that normal family Mm -hmm. life i mean you can't go from being a rico suave playboy to all of a sudden having a wife and a son and then can't make a hoe a housewife i mean i i am a One day, he met a woman named Kathy Collins. She had long hair. She was statuesque and gorgeous. But people described her as having her nose up in the air. So she was basically oh, a snot. She stuck up. Mm-hmm. She ran a women's clothing shop, and she, too, was very materialistic. At the time when she met Lance, she was already married, but Lance convinced her to leave her man and move to Atlanta to be with him. While he was still married? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So his wife, Janine, found out about what was going on between Lance and Kathy, and she was pissed. She's like, I'm not going to take a shit, and I'm just walking away. I thought for a, for a second, I thought you said, I'm not going to take a shit. I'm not taking <laughs> no shit right now. Uh, I thought you said take a shit. I'm not taking a shit right now. <laughs> like, I'm so mad, I'm not going to poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be so constipated forever. <laughs> you're just going to deal with my fat, bloated ass. <laughs> Uh, So she was willing to walk away because she didn't want a cheating husband. So she peaced out. 
she was like, no, oh, I'm, I'm not sure going to take a shit. She got her money, though. I'm sure. Obviously. Yeah. So Kathy started moving her things into Lance's house. She started filling a closet with her clothes. She even began placing her things around the house, even put a photo of herself on his nightstand. I think of Kate Hudson and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days when mm-hmm. she fills up his medicine can. And he's like, no, 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 uh-huh. no. The plant. She brought over the love plant. <laughs> yeah. The love fern. And then what did she name his penis? I can't remember. Princess. She just thought of like the most ridiculous thing ever. <laughs> I love it. At the same time, while Kathy was moving in, Lance had an assistant. Her name was Talana Curry. And they were friends, obviously his employee, but they started having a friends with benefit relationship. Of course. They were doing the dirty, dirty, but he trusted her and felt a closeness with her. He wanted crazy kinky sex all the time, and she was totally up for it. Why didn't this man... Just move to fucking Utah and get like a compound and have like 10 wives. Or why even bother having a wife? I mean, unless you have like 10 of them. I never understand guys who get married and then cheat on the wife with like all these different women. What's the point of getting married? married, Like just stay single. Nobody's going to be mad at you for it. You're not hurting anybody. be honest about it. Be like, I care for you, but I need to have an open relationship. Be honest. I'm a sex addict or I like to fuck or whatever. And I can't just be with one woman. Just be open because there's some woman that would be okay with an open relationship, you mm-hmm. know? Unfortunately for Talana, she was never considered the main girlfriend and she always took a backseat to whomever his latest fling was. Lance's 41st birthday was coming up and he decided to throw himself a huge Gatsby style bash. Everyone in the community wanted to be there. Like, it was the party to go to that year. He sent out invites and was making this a very lavish affair. Flashy women showed up. The men were dressed to the nines. And then here at this party, Lance meets Dion Baugh. She was hot, exotic, sexy, and Jamaican. Damn, another one. Another one. He had sent invites to Dion's boss, and Dion saw them, and she intercepted one, kept it for herself, and showed up at the party, and Lance had never even met her before. She was petite, had long hair, and just... Oh, that beautiful Jamaican accent. I love Jamaica. My favorite favorite place to go. I've never been. Bucket list. I love it there. It's my favorite. Lance was interested in Dion right away. She was super charming and had a personality, and that just drew him in. He started dancing with her that night and eventually got her phone number, and all of this was happening right in front of Talana and Kathy. Mm. Over time, Lance started showering Dion with gifts. He was spending all of his time with her. He bought her clothes, gave Mm -hmm. her money, took her on trips, and he even bought her a brand new Mercedes Benz. And the other women were pissed because they never got a Mercedes. Mm. Lance loved that she was wild in the bedroom and the fact that outside of the bedroom, she was beautiful and classy. Be a lady in the streets, but a freak in the sheets. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's what lady was cheap, but a freak in the bed. It's like, yeah. The Usher yeah. song. Mm-hmm. Usher, you should just come on our podcast because we quote you a lot. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Dion wanted to be Lance's main woman, but she too was married at the time. She was married to Sean Nelson. He was an Air Jamaica pilot. He was living in Jamaica with their daughter while Dion was going to school in the U.S. Dion wanted a rich lifestyle and was just loving the life that Lance was affording her with. So on one of Sean's trips to visit Dion in the U.S., he saw Dion with her brand new Mercedes, and he was like, who the fuck bought you this car? Mm -hmm. He confronted her about it, and she lied and said her mentor bought her the car, but Sean wasn't an idiot, and he knew she was lying. He realized she was having an affair because that night, 
after their fight, a call came in at four o'clock in the morning to Dion's phone and it was Lance. Sean answered the phone and Lance swore he never knew Dion was married. Lance tells Sean to put Dion on the phone. Then after the phone call, Sean gets pissed and basically was like, you need to pick. Is it going to be him or me? Right. She chooses Lance. Of course she does because she wants the money. Yep. She wanted the luxurious lifestyle that he could provide her. And my question is, what the hell happened to her daughter then? Right. So I want to call her a sugar bitch. Oh. Shots fired. I shouldn't say that. She scares me. Who? <laughs> Dion? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so four months after Lance's blow-up birthday, Holly Stuber, an employee of Lance's, showed up at his home office and she doesn't see Lance. There was also no work on her desk and there was not the usual tape recorder. Lance always put those things out every morning, so Holly was like, this just isn't normal. She looked at his calendar and saw that nothing was written there for the particular day, and that too was unusual. His laptop was missing, but the laptop case was there, which he never did. He oh, was- he did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> the, op- the office was on the basement level, and the employees never left the basement to go upstairs to the house. So Holly called Lance's mom, who worked for Lance as a bookkeeper, and she had said that she was already on her way into the office. Lance's mom goes upstairs to check on him, and she screams. She found her son dead in his bed, just completely covered in blood. She calls 911, and you can actually hear the 911 call, and she was crying and screaming. That's terrible. No mom should have to find their son like that. No, and it gets worse, too. So when they describe the scene, he had been bludgeoned to death. So unrecognizable. His face was caved in. Oh, my God. There was even veteran detectives at the scene who described the scene so bad that they had to leave to go outside because they got sick. That's so terrible. Um, His poor mother. mm -mm. He was considered unrecognizable. He was a heavy sleeper. Detectives noticed all of the alarm clocks were unplugged. The nightstand of the woman or the the photo on the nightstand of the woman was turned down, like literally flipped so it's oh, face down. So we know who had something to do with it. So or they, no, we don't because there's so many other so women many. that are jealous of him, of her too. Oh, I have no, I literally have no clue right now. So they were thinking it was either the woman in the picture or just someone who was jealous of the woman in the picture. Right. Or the woman in the picture's real husband. They searched the house and tried to determine what happened. Was this a sex act gone wrong? A jealous lover or an ex-lover, an ex-business partner? So they figure out that he was murdered with a crescent wrench. Oh they figured my God, that I don't he, even know what that is, but it sounds like a big, like a wrench. heavy wrench. The one where you can make it bigger or smaller. Mm, okay. They figured that what happened was that whoever killed him had straddled him and then bludgeoned him to death. They thought they he was hit about 21 times. Oh my God. Overkill. Oh, the other thing they were thinking was, could it have been a male lover because the force that would have been needed to actually cave in his skull would have been strong. Yeah. A lot. Like there had to have been a lot of force behind it. They also thought that this murder was personal. His face had been covered with a blanket. Investigators couldn't find any prints or any tracks, but there was a pillow stuffed inside the bathroom toilet. And they had noticed that the killer had taken a shower. There was also a bloody impression of that wrench on a sheet. Mm. The wrench was Lance's 
because he had bought a new exercise machine and he was trying to put it together. Okay, so you got to try to think. It's got to be personal because they covered his face. Yeah. Well, and it was overkill. That's always usually personal too, right? Mm-hmm. But then because the wrench was there, maybe it wasn't premeditated. But it was somebody who was in the house that he would be okay with being in the house. So this makes me eliminate Dion's husband because he wouldn't have been okay with him being in the house. True. And I don't think if Dion's husband went there to kill him, that he would have come there with no weapon and just randomly find a wrench. Well, have you ever seen the movie Unfaithful? I was just talking to you about it today because Richard Gere has similar eyes to your husband. Mm -hmm. In the movie, Richard Gere goes to the man's house his wife is having an affair with just to talk to him, and he ends up killing him with a snow globe found in the house. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I mean, I'm just saying. you're just saying. Crazy things happen. It's a movie, Mm -hmm. but. I'm going to say it's one of the women. It's either Dion, but why would Dion kill him? Because she wanted to be rich. She chose him over her husband. So I'm eliminating her. Okay. I'm going to say it's one of the, it's either the the secretary or the other woman. The, okay. His so wife. Kathy was the one he met in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And then Talana was his secretary. Yeah, I think it's one of these two. Okay. Could be totally wrong again. <laughs> Lance's mom suspected that it was one of his lovers that had killed him. Kathy, Talana, Dion, or possibly even his ex-wife, Janine. So you forgot about Janine. Yeah, she got her money and her son. She didn't want nothing to do with that anymore. I think I'm eliminating her. Okay. Police bring in Janine for questioning. When they talk to her, they realize that she is still a beneficiary on one of his life insurance policy and would get a million dollars. They're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm sure she you. already got more than a million dollars. We're talking about the first wife, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Janine. But while being questioned, she tells him that Lance gives her and Harrison thousands of dollars each month and he was taking good care of her. They then ruled her out, and she was also cleared due to her alibi. So very nice job there, Mm -hmm. Gina. They call in Talana for questioning, and she was pissed off about it. This was his secretary. Mm -hmm. She felt like the cops were harassing her. Um, They started asking her about what her relationship with Lance was like, and she said that they were friends, but they also had a sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. When they were questioning other people, they did say that anytime Talana would spend the night with Lance, she would flip the picture of Kathy down on the nightstand. Mm -hmm. But she denied killing Lance, and she had an alibi. Detectives rule her out because her phone records cleared her as a suspect. Talana did tell the cops, though, that she was there the day Lance got killed. When she was leaving the house, she did notice that Lance was taking clothes out of the closet. Then she states, you should take a closer look at Kathy. Mm. They call Kathy and she doesn't seem sad, but she was concerned about her clothes and why she hasn't been allowed to get her clothes from the crime scene. Detectives call her down to the station. They bring her in, and I guess when she got there, she was acting like she was just strutting on the runway, like flipping her hair. And she was the one who was always like that, that was always really stuck up. She was the Brazilian one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh Or the one he met in Brazil. I don't know if she's actually Brazilian, but she says she had no clue that Lance was even dead because she has another boyfriend who was a millionaire. She said that she was with him that night and even had gone out to dinner So she had no clue what was going on with Lance. Right. Like she had so much better things to do with her time right now than to be questioned about this. Where are my clothes? Mm -hmm. Flipping her hair. Cops freak me out even if I'm not the one being pulled over and they go past me. I'm always scared. I couldn't imagine going into 
a police station with that much confidence oh, when they're terrifying. interrogating you as a suspect. Yeah, I've I have I've had this happen to me. I'll have to I'll tell that story another time. But I was questioned for my boyfriend's murder many, many, many years ago. And it was it was really scary because I knew I didn't kill him, but you know, they didn't know right. that. You have to talk to everybody. It was fucking terrifying. And I can't tell you how many times they inter- interrogated me. So it was mm. awful. Yeah, maybe our next true crime episode. You can yeah, let our listeners in on that story. True crime story. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy freaking story. It really is. <laughs> so then Kathy tells the detectives that they should look into Dion. She said Dion was aggressive and jealous. She also said that Lance didn't know that Dion could be that kind of woman. And Lance started seeing how she was possessive and she would get angry when he wouldn't call her back. And she was starting to feel more like a sex toy and not a girlfriend. I guess Dion would call his office when the secretaries would say he wasn't in. She would just go off on them. She started becoming very dependent on Lance and that actually, that dependence started pushing Lance away. Kathy told detectives that Lance wanted to end things with Dion. Kathy told detectives also that she would go over and borrow Lance's laptop to study. And one day she went over there and Lance didn't answer the door. She saw a woman through the window who was ringing the doorbell. Lance said he didn't know who it was on his porch and he called the cops. Dion was outside the door banging on this door being like, that's my man in there. You, You need to let me in. He won't answer the door, and she physically started fighting the police officers. She was mad. She was embarrassed. And Lance actually had her arrested. Wow. Lance made up a story to Kathy about who was at the door, and then he also lied to Dion then later, saying why he couldn't answer the door. He said a friend came over, and she needed to shower. But why couldn't you let me – if you're my boyfriend, why couldn't you let me in? So both ladies were being cheated on, both of them obviously being lied to. A few days before Lance's murder, Dion had left a message on his machine, and Holly, his employer, Holly Stuber, listened to the message, and it was so bad she didn't even want to repeat it. So she left a note for Lance saying that, you need to call Dion, and she's she's, she's pissed. She, she mad. The cops went to Dion's door, and she said she never went to Lance's house the night he was killed, but he had dropped off a laptop at her house earlier that day. She said she did not know that he was deceased, and... The cops were like, okay, but the case is still at Lance's house. And everybody he interviews says that Lance was so meticulous, he would never have given his laptop out without this case. Right, because he had to have everything done a certain mm-hmm. way. OCD. Yes. The cops didn't have enough evidence to tie Dion to the murder. So a year and a half goes by. Dion is still the detective's number one suspect, but without evidence, what do they do? Well, one day they get a phone call from Dion's mother. She called the cops and she said that she had overheard Dion saying that Dion was in fact at Lance's home that night. This was all they needed to bring her in and charge her with first degree murder. So this case ends up going to trial and the police use this against her. So this is what they say. They find out that the night Lance had Dion arrested, Lance had filed a trespassing charge against her. The night before Dion was supposed to appear in court for the trespassing charge, Lance had told her that he would go to court to drop the charges and Dion had wanted to find out if he was in fact going to go there. So she goes in the middle of the night, screws his brains out, literally like fucks him oh i'm like really (laughs) i'm thinking like you're like how are you describing that melinda yeah later that night she starts looking through his calendar and sees that the next day is blank 
There's nothing in there saying that he was going to go to court. And she knew for him that was unlike him. If he had anything going on any day, it was always written in that that calendar. So she knew it was over for her. No flashy, expensive lifestyle that she was used to living. So she just goes into this crazy ass rage. She grabs the first object that she can see. She climbs on top of him, just hits him over and over again. When she's done, she takes the pillow and wipes the blood off of her body. She turns Kathy's photo down, stuffs the pillow into the toilet, takes a shower. She stays in the mansion for a long time, unplugs the clocks. Stupid smoking gun for her was she took the laptop and a credit card. The next morning, his body was found and Dion was out buying furniture on his credit card. Oh, my God. I don't understand how a year and a half... Before that, they never looked into that. that. Yeah. So Dion was trying to say that everything was normal for her. That's why she went and bought furniture. Like that wasn't abnormal. I guess she wasn't bothered at all about Lance's death. So the jury goes in after I think it was like three hours. They found her guilty of murder in the first and she was sentenced to life. Dang. See, I was wrong on this one too. I eliminated her and it was her. I like that you're not always This one right had on me it. twisted though. Like I couldn't figure out who it was. But wait, there's more. Oh. <laughs> what more could there be? Dion's conviction was overturned on appeal when the court found that there was improper testimony from a key investigator on the case. The lead investigator was allowed to testify with what five different witnesses had told him outside of court, and the court looked at, looked at that as hearsay. So instead of just having these five witnesses come up and testify, he just was like, okay, John Smith said this and said this and whatever. They found it critical and unnecessary to give this hearsay testimony when the witnesses themselves could have just shared their own testimony. So now Dion's defense attorneys knew what the prosecution sides were during her second trial. Oh, my gosh. During the second trial, they tried to say that Lance was gay, that he had, because he had many threesomes and orgies, and what they had found was there was a whole lot of hair in his bed that did not match Dion, Lance, or any of the women that were considered suspects. So they considered this to be reasonable doubt. It's a hung jury, considered a mistrial. Oh, my gosh. Then they go into trial number three. Dion took a- a nightmare. It's- what I thought was weird is how much hair is in this guy's bed. Like, don't you wash your sheets? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dion took a plea deal. Lesser charge of voluntary manslaughter. She got 10 years and got out in 2011. Wow. So Lance's son Harrison has spoken out and he, feel, he feels like it's a fucking joke that his father was murdered and the killer is back out in the streets. I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree, too. And and it's all, like, he says that the justice system has failed him. For sure. I totally agree. Coming out after Lance's death, he did have one last secret. At the time of his death, he was in debt. He had credit card debt. And he also had some tax liabilities that no one knew about until after his death. But I guess he had been spending more money that he was making and his business was failing because he was investing too much time and money into these women instead of his actual business. Mm. That is the story of the murder of Lance Herndon. Wow, that one was a that was hard for me to figure out. I tried to write it in a way that would be misleading so you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was the uh, the secretary or the wife. I was wrong. Did you just hear that ding? That was John wanting to play Scrabble with me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, John. I'm a little busy right now. I'm a little tied up right now, John. (laughs) We'll have to get to you later. So we never even talked about what our next episode should be on. Oh, my God. My sister just texted me. Melinda was a hotter man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Thank you. What the heck? Sister? Let me know where I can pay you that 20 bucks, Jill, for saying <laughs> that. I'm just kidding. So I was thinking for our next episode that we do, it would be really fun to do like childhood stories. Stupid things you remember from your childhood. Like your sister cutting your hair off like, in a closet. Exactly. And then saying that your best friend is a hotter man than you. Fuck, this girl needs another drink. Relax. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it could be anything. It could be like stupid things you did as a child. I mean, I did a lot of stupid things as a child. No, and that's why I thought this up because I just want to hear more poop and hanger stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. I got a whole file of stories. I know. I have some stories too. When I was thinking of this topic, I was like, oh my God, I've never told a soul this story. Oh my God, but this yeah. story, this story. So I thought it would be really funny. And so everybody can send in stuff for like stupid things you did as a child or stupid things that you were told as a child that would happen to you. You know, right. like there's a monster under the bed if you don't clip your toenails or whatever. I don't right. know. But... Or just anything like yeah. humping pillows with your friend, you know. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> I have some stories that I think are pretty freaking I, funny. I have so much more I could share. Yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of dumb things. Perfect. So you're on you're on board with it. I am. I like it. So you can send in your emails to blondmomentspodcast at gmail.com or you can send it in to us on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, Slide in our DMs. Mm-hmm. And I love everything you guys have been sending us. And we have been getting some awesome DMs from people just so complimentary and so sweet. And we love you guys. And we're having so much fun doing this. And anytime you send us an email, that's so refreshing and fun. And the fact that you're enjoying this, I... I well, love that we're And doing I'm it. happy that we're keeping you guys entertained because it's such a crazy like time we're living in right now where everything is just so kind of unsure. And I mean, I know that I have a good time laughing and it's a relief when we're doing this. So if we can give that to you too, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So thank you. And again, if you're liking what you're hearing, please spread the word. Um, rate, review, like us on your podcast apps. Five stars is preferred. Tell your friends about us. We've had a lot of people sharing our Instagram to other people. And I mean, we love you guys. Yes. We don't deserve you guys. Thanks for the love. <laughs> See, we sing to you. That's what you get. We do. I'm telling you, the acoustics in my closet are like nothing They're you've ever banging. heard. Yeah. They're just banging. It's like better than singing in a shower. I don't know why. It's like a magic closet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I will end today's episode on a blonde joke that my friend Trish sent in. Blonde at the Super Bowl. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. A guy took his blonde girlfriend to the Super Bowl game. They had great seats right behind their team's bench. After the game, he asked her how she liked it. 
Oh, I really liked it, she replied, especially the tight pants and all the big muscles. But I just couldn't understand why they were killing each other over 25 cents. Dumbfounded, her boyfriend asked, what do you mean? Well, they flipped a coin, one team got it, and then for the rest of the game, all they kept screaming was, get the quarterback, get the quarterback. I'm like, hello, it's only 25 cents. Oh my God. <laughs> you like my ditzy blonde impersonation? I did, and his voice. Hello.